and you never know who needs to feel his presence that may not feel it on a regular basis. So uh, I'm also praying that God will give you travel and mercy if you have to travel or if you've got family coming in, just praying that God's hand. Uh, you want to talk about being thankful. You pastor for, uh, I've been a senior pastor for 23 years, and I don't think I've ever lost a family uh, during the holiday seasons or even on vacations or anything else traveling on the highway. If you think about how many people die on the highway every day and every year to say you've pastored 23 years and never lost a family that were in transit or traveling, that's the blessing of God. Amen. I'm praying that God will keep you while you're on the highway and as you travel to be with family or you have family coming in. Of course, we continue to pray for those that are homebound and ask God to touch them in their body. Ephesians 5, we'll begin reading with verse number 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, Christ will give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, and not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Y'all didn't think I could squeeze Thanksgiving into a Pentecostal text, did you? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But amen. I love you. Father, thank you for your word. Tonight, speak to our heart. By your spirit is our prayer. And God, we, we have so much to thank you for. God, a, a whole entire service and really an entire lifetime of giving you thanks and adoration and praise for the great things you've given unto us through Christ by his riches. God, uh, we pray that you'll speak to our heart now and that we'll let this sink down into our hearing we won't soon forget. Lord, that we should, every day of our life, be a, thank, uh, a thankful people and that you are a thankworthy God. And Lord, that that would, dominate our thinking, that that would be the motivation to, to all of our service, to all of our praise, to all of our giving and going and doing. God bless us around the altar, meeting the needs of those. We thank you for touching Brother Judd, for working on his behalf. We thank you for keeping Sister Debbie. God, we pray that you'll continue to touch in Jesus' name. Amen. The Apostle Paul had learned to give thanks always for all things. Even in the most uh, difficult of times and circumstances, he gives us a list of everything he had gone through in his life. A man that had been stoned, <laughs> a man that had been beaten three times with rods, uh, or beaten with rods, and he said, three times I was beaten. Uh, by the Romans, I received 
40 stripes save one. You imagine getting beat with a, a bull whip and receiving 39 lashes. To survive one of those, and after you've survived one of those, to get word, the num beat number two is coming. To survive two of them and to get word later down the road, beating number three is coming. I got to thinking about that today. I, I, I can't think or fathom in my life few men that I could ever dream of, of thinking that I have known or fellowship with that all of us wince at pain. All of us would go a country mile to avoid trouble to avoid hurt and to avoid pain. But this man said, I'm thankful in all things. I, I'm thankful for what God has done in my life. This man who with his companion while in prison with bleeding stripes on his back sang hymns to God at midnight in a Roman jail locked up, bound in stock and in fetter. So in his letter to the Ephesians, he says, what we preach Sunday night, be filled with the Spirit. And I feel like a result of being filled with the Spirit is giving thanks always for all things unto God. And I think he set a standard that we should uphold and live by in our life. And that standard is one of thanksgiving. Right. And I, in preparation for this message, I challenged myself to create that standard of living in my own life. That whatever I feel like, whatever I'm facing, wherever I'm at or whatever I'm going through, God's standard for my life is to give thanks always right. for all things. Good. Amen. To give thanks when? Always. Right. For what? For all things. Right. Wow. Thank you, Lord, that your service finds me in a prison, bound and stopped and fettered with bleeding stripes on my back. I suppose looking backwards, he could say, this is why you need to be thankful because God's got you in a place to save the jailer. God has got you in a place where all the other prisoners get to hear you pray and sing praise. God has you in a place where he's going to give you a testimony very peculiar unto yourself that when you pray and give praise, I'm going to tear the place down. So where, whereas you may not feel like being thankful or giving thanks, he said, do it anyway. Do it anyway. Tear the devil's house down. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's verse 20. This standard of thanksgiving for all things is very peculiar to the Christian faith. In fact, the very word thanksgiving has at its heart the idea of grace. By nature, we are devoid of the grace of God and therefore know nothing of true 
thankfulness. But when we turn to God in repentance and receive Christ as Savior and as Lord, we experience his regeneration in our heart and in our life. We are made partakers of his divine nature. We are given his love and as a corresponding answer to that, we are given a heart of gratitude. We are given a heart of gratefulness. We are given a heart of thanksgiving. So thanksgiving is in direct correlation and response to God's goodness and to God's grace and to God's mercy. We couldn't have it without him. He gave it to us and we give it back to him in what we call thanksgiving and praise. Our standard of thanksgiving from this point onward becomes number one, God exalting. Thanksgiving should exalt God who's worthy to be thanked. Giving thanks, the apostle said, unto God and the Father. More literally, giving thanks to God, even our Father. Paul conceived of God as the giver of every good and perfect gift, addressing the Athenians on Mars Hill. He could say, God giveth to all life and breath and all things. True gratitude flows from thinking on all that God is all by himself. And all that he's done on our behalf, all by himself. Amen. Sir Moses, I don't know if I'm reading the name right, Sir Moses uh, Montefiore, he was a Hebrew philanthropist. And he had this motto for his family. Think and thank. In the old Anglo-Saxon language, think, That's where the word thank came from. So thankfulness would be the same in the Anglo-Saxon as thankfulness. When we think on God, when we think about his goodness, when we think about what he has done for us, immediately we should thank. Amen. So not only should it be Christ exalting, it should also be Christ revealing or God exalting and Christ revealing, giving thanks unto God in the name, which means through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving is properly rendered to God in the name of Jesus Christ. Not only because he's the one through whom we approach God, but also because he himself makes up the entire subject of our thanksgiving. In other words, true thanksgiving is confessional. Amen. True thanksgiving is confessional. In Hebrews 13 and in verse 15, I elaborate on what I'm talking about. He said, by him, therefore, By who? By him, by Christ. Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. 
that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Amen. So thanksgiving is confessional. The only way I can give thanks to God is by him, is through Christ. I have to approach God through Christ. And in doing so, I have to give God thanks for his only begotten son. I have to give God thanks for the blood that Jesus shed for my salvation. I have to give God thanks uh, uh, for giving me his Holy Spirit. I have to give God thanks for, for placing me in my right mind, for healing me in my body, for a godly or a Christian heritage, for even a godly or a Christian nation in which I was birthed. I have to give God thanks. Thanksgiving is a confessional thing that if I am allowed to give God thanks, I do so through Christ. Yeah. Amen. It's also time invested. Giving thanks for all things. Paul already said, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil then he said, giving thanks always for all things. The implication becomes obvious. When we do not redeem or wisely invest our time, our minutes, hours, days, weeks, and years, we're not living lives of thanksgiving. A solemn thought, when we reflect on the amount of time we spend grumbling or complaining. If we're not redeeming the time, being thankful, then you have to reflect backwards on the time you wasted yeah. not being thankful. That's right. Right. Complaining, grumbling, griping. <laughs> you know what that's saying unto God? I think you're doing a lousy job. I think you're doing a pretty lousy job of running my life for me. And I'm not happy about the way things are going. You know, when that, when that happens on a job, somebody gets fired. I just want to tell you, I'm not the one that's going to try to fire God. Brother <laughs> David said my grandpa used to always tell him he would see him at, on a job when he worked for the lumber yard, and he would always tell him, God's God, and he don't need help. Being God. That's right. Amen. Amen. He's doing a good job. Oh, yeah. He's not about to be fired. That's right. Right. Amen. The Bible said he's working all things together for our good. Yeah, according right. to his purpose. Yep. Amen. He knows what's down the road better than I. Yep. I've often said he's a better father than I am. He makes a better husband than I do. He, he knows how to build a church better than I do. Right. He is the good shepherd, which means he's a great pastor. Right. I think he does a great job leading, guiding, directing us. So in redeeming the time, he said, do it, give it thanks. Else you'll be an old man and regret that you didn't and you spent your life grumbling and complaining. 
All we're going to be able to do if we make it in the city is praise him. All we're going to be able to do if we make it in the city is be thankful. Amen. It's also not only time investing, or, but it's also all embracing, giving thanks for all things. If ever there was a man who had endured hardships for the Lord, it was the apostle. He had been a regular jailbird. He said, I fought the beast of Ephesus. He had been dragged out of the city of Lystra like he was already dead. He suffered shipwreck at sea. He experienced beatings with the rod and the whip. Yet he could say, giving thanks always for all things unto God. If nothing else, he could say, thank God. I don't look like what I've been through. Thank God that I lived through it and I'm still here to tell about it. Like his master before him, Jesus, he could lift his heart in gratitude unto God, whatever his circumstances were. So we see the standard of thanksgiving and next I want to talk about the substance of thanksgiving. Being filled with the Spirit speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks unto God. Paul makes it clear in these verses that the giving of thanks is not something, you know, foreign to us, abstract. But on the contrary, it's both an activity and an attitude of life, which is, biblically informed, and is very spiritually specific. In, in simple terms, a life of thanksgiving involves, number one, speaking the truth of God, being filled with the Spirit. Then the next thing he said was speaking, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. And the next thing he said was giving thanks unto God, which is also speaking. It's almost like you're speaking to yourself, encouraging yourself to speak to God. Speaking to yourself, reminding yourself, be grateful unto God. Praise God because he's been good to you. Amen. Amen. So in, in a corresponding uh, passage of scripture in the epistle to the Colossians in Colossians 3 and 16, Paul added the words teaching and admonishing. One of the greatest gifts of God to man is that of conversational fellowship. The ability to communicate our thoughts in language that can be understood is one of the greatest potentials for good or for evil. We should teach and admonish one another to, to be a thankful people, to be grateful unto God. And one of the greatest gifts God gives you is to be able to teach your children 
what God has done in you and for you and in turn be grateful and thankful. We should also, not only speaking the truth of God, we should also show the joy of God. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks. Paul obviously has both worship and witness in mind. In describing worship, the apostle categorized three expressions of praise, psalms, hymns, and songs. With the worship, there's also the witness of joy. Amen. All throughout the psalms, there are expressions of joy. Amen. I'll enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Amen. The Bible said, enter into his presence with singing. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All throughout the Psalms, we sing hymns. Hymns of what? Hymns of praise. Hymns of adoration. Hymns of thanksgiving. That's what a hymn is. It's a story of how God saved us. It's the story of how God has kept us. It's the story of how God has blessed us. A hymn is a testimonial of praise and gratitude unto God. Amen. And then our song, our song of praise. Not only showing the joy of God, but also sharing the love of God, giving thanks. He said, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Only a thankful life can truly express the love of God, thankfulness, and, and, uh, and, and lovelessness or completely opposite of one another. If I'm thankful, it means I love. If I'm not thankful, it means that I don't love. Sharing the love of God. So Paul presses home the fact that our human relationships should be deepened by our thanksgiving and a life that is full of love and gratitude unto the Lord. Last, I want to close with talking about the secret of thanksgiving. Be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Again, he closes with giving thanks. Paul uses a law of contrast. And that's often used in the Scripture to show his readers the secret of true thanksgiving and joyfulness is not to be found in a physical stimulant, but in the spiritual reality of being full of the Holy Ghost. The joy of the Lord is our strength. This fullness of the Holy Ghost implies three things. The incoming or the in the receiving or the 
incoming of the Holy Ghost, being filled with the Spirit, giving thanks. Before the Spirit can fill our lives, he must enter our lives by way of that miraculous operation that we call regeneration. On the day of Pentecost, Peter described how this would take place. Speaking to men and women who were convicted of their sin, he said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Being born again makes one a candidate to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. God's prerequisite for his fullness is still the same today. Yes. Repent every one of you. Amen. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. That's a type of being born again. And be filled with the Spirit. Right. Amen. The in, so we see the incoming or the receiving of the Spirit. It's prerequisite. And then you see the, the act of being filled with the Spirit. The infilling of the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And again, he closes by giving thanks. Dr. Hanley uh, Mule's rendering of this is beautiful. He says, be filled with a fullness, habitual, normal, always supplied, and always received in the Spirit. The bishop then went on to say that this Fullness of the Spirit is a state wholly unattainable by training, by reasoning, by human wish or will. It's nothing less than God in command and God in control of a man or a woman's whole life, flowing everywhere into that whole life and out from it to everybody around them. That's what it is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. God having all of you, filling all of you, flowing out of you to everyone around you. We see it in the inspiring of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, giving thanks. Only the Holy Spirit can truly inspire the standard and substance of true Christ-like thanksgiving. To attempt to work up thanksgiving by our own efforts, can be frustrating. I, I speak that from experience. I'm going to say it again. To attempt to work up thanksgiving by our own efforts can be frustrating. You're trying to pump people or prime people into giving thanks. The Holy Ghost is a whole lot better at it than I am. And I, I often say, if it ain't there, I'm not going to try to pump it up. Right, right. Meaning I'm not going to try to manufacture a shout. Right, right. Manufacture people to, to jump and holler and clap and worship God. If it's there, then I'm going to flow with it. Right. Because that's God's doing. But if it ain't there, you frustrate yourself trying to produce it. Right. Because if God can't produce it, what makes me think that I can? The Holy Ghost ought to be the awe-inspiring agent working in my heart, causing me to be thankful for all God has done. If God 
You agonize with God in prayer. God answered your prayer. You'll be the first one to stand up to testify. Tears will be streaming down your face during the song service. Uh, you probably going to get lost in the Holy Ghost uh, and shout you a few praises unto God. Somebody's going to say, man, they were happy tonight. Uh, and uh, the Holy Ghost in you knew why. Amen. When he fills and floods the entirety of our, of our life, thanksgiving becomes inevitable and ultimately irresistible. Amen. Kirsten, if you help me, I'm finished. I'm going to reemphasize tonight that for you and I as born again children of God, Thanksgiving Day is not Thursday. Thanksgiving Day is every day. It's the whole purpose and why God created us. And it's for this purpose that he's blessed us with his grace and mercy. When we know what it is to be continually filled with the Holy Ghost, we learn what it is to be continually thankful for everything that God is doing in our life. I am not I'm not the best at it, I can tell you. It's hard for me to be praiseworthy and, and thankful in difficult times. And I need to do better. I need to be better. But I can tell you in prayer, that's what God is dealing with me about. I'm, I'm not going to let the devil win in, in, in any area of my life. I guess I've got too much competitive zeal in me. I hate to lose. Not only do I not intend to lose the war, I don't want to lose the battle. Anytime it seems like you do anything for God or testify of God's goodness or like Kirsten said, hey, we're, we're always well. Let's go with the Let's go with the cheapest health care plan we can have. We, we're not going to use it anyway. <laughs> That's kind of a testament to God's kept me. All's well. Uh, you know, I don't need... It, it just seems like any time you do anything for God or give God any praise or honor or glory or credit for anything, the devil's going to rise up and punch you in the mouth. Well, when he does... I'm not going to wallow in misery and then turn around and gripe or whine or complain to the God that I just got through praise. I look at Job and God said to Satan, if you consider my servant Job, ain't nobody like him. He said, oh yeah, that's because you built a hedge around him. You won't let me touch him. You won't let me put my hands on his stuff. You pull that hedge down. You let me touch his stuff. You let me touch him. He'll curse you right to your face. God said, go ahead. I know what's in him because I put it there. When God testifies that Job was a, a just man and a perfect man and that there was none like him in all the earth, God put that in him. 
And he said, you go ahead and touch him. You can touch all of his stuff. He'll never curse me. I know what's in him. The devil took everything he had, killed all of his children with one storm in one house. He buried all of them. Threw on sackcloth and ash. The devil said, here it comes. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. He's fixing to curse God right here. He said, the Lord is given. And the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. God help me. Teach me. Fill me and give me the ability to be thankful always for all things unto God. Amen. If you're able, stand with me tonight. Kirsten's going to lead us in worship. Let's just lift our hands unto God. Thanksgiving. Close this service out with, with prayer and praise and thanksgiving. Would you help us do that tonight? Let's worship him.